Make paper, homie. Make paper, baby. Paper, baby. No stack paper, homie. No stack paper, baby. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Bill, y'all. Gotta build my bill, folks. Gotta hustle, cause we gotta pay the bills, though. Hello, and welcome to the 14% podcast. I am your host, Joyce Massey. Uh, everybody loves JG, could not be here today. So instead, we have Mr. Terrific of the same podcast, the NWP podcast. Hello, hello. <laughs> No, you're good. <laughs> jump on, jump on. Jump on at any hey, point hey. in time. Please. Let me see which one I am. Testing, 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 testing. Is this me? Yeah, that's you. That's me. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is Mr. Terrific from NWP Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Check that pa- uh, podcast out. Also, uh, the intro song, Name Tag Alexander is his name. Uh, L-A-B-L podcast is his podcast. If you're a hip-hop hit, you will love that podcast. Check it out. L-A-B-L podcast. So today, I was inspired by a conversation I had with my grandmother. Um, basically about millennials. So she heard something. We were watching TV and she heard something on the news about millennials. And my, uh, mind you, my grandmother worked for the city of Detroit for 30-something, well, city of Detroit, Wayne County, uh, for like 30-something years. Last person I think she worked under was, I think, Teola Hunter, who was county clerk before she ran for county clerk. Teola retired, and my, my grandmother ran for county clerk. So she worked for the city and the county for 30-something years. So when she hears me talk about how... <laughs> Uh, so I was fired from my job after like three and a half years. And I was just like, Grandma, it was just time. And then I didn't attempt to get another job. I started my own business. She's like, you not? Sh- are you sure you don't want to go? And, you know, your your resume looks amazing. And I'm like, no, it's, I'm ready to work for myself. So we're talking about millennials. And... It led me to to do research on what what do generations generation X or Y or whatever they are and the baby boomers two generations before us what do they think about millennials and I found a lot of information um, most of the information that I'm referencing is from Money Magazine. Um, also from Simon Sinek, who's an author, a very well-known author, especially in business. Um, and somewhere else, what else did I use? It'll be on it'll be on my Twitter. So check out JMass underscore O3. You'll see on Twitter. So this is <laughs> and it makes a lot of sense. And I definitely have some of these traits for sure. Um, although I've been working heavily on my traits, the bad ones, (laughs) just because I was able to identify them. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through the, the main ones, like the big ones, the ones that were recurring. Okay. 
lack of focus is is number one. Everything that I looked at, lack of focus was number one. We are easily distracted. Like ADHD, everybody has it. <laughs> distracted. Like every millennial, if you read every millennial, pretty much lacks focus. There's just too many distractions. And I completely understand that too. There's too many distractions. And then the other thing is there's too many options. So generations past, it was like they knew that they were going to start, um, you know, working at a place and they planned on working their way up and sticking with that company. With us, we don't really commit that way. Um, when I say us, I say millennials. I am a millennial. Millennials, if you if you look it up, it's kind of a broad range, but if you're born in the early 80s to being born in the late 90s, early 2000s. So the end range is pretty broad, but that's what they say. That's what it is. <clears throat> so there's 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 the lack of focus. And that one was, was hit on heavily. Um, the other thing is that we don't really have goals. We're kind of going through life whimsically. Um, like wherever the wind takes us, it's not like, like I said, uh, generations past, they get into a certain field or they get with a certain company and they plan on being with that company and working their way up with us. We're like the side hustle Kings of the generations. <laughs> um, we're going to start with something, but we're not really going to commit to it. It's just like a paycheck. Um, and I'm speaking generally, of course, and it's just a, a paycheck and we'll do something on, on the side that may give us fulfillment. But we've, we never really commit to either. Um, I can definitely say that's true for me. <laughs> definitely can say that's true for me. Um, but on the, the other end of the spectrum, I, I do have goals, although it does seem that I put my hands in everything. And I, and I do, because I don't know... I don't believe that I'm good at one thing. Um, although, like I said, generations past, there is a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Gary Keller of Keller Williams Real Estate. He has a book called The One Thing, which is basically to um, become a, a perfectionist of one thing. And he hits on, and it seems limiting, but it's not. So he hits on uh, Steve Jobs and Apple, right? He, so let's say technology. Technology was your one thing. But then they end up creating this one tablet, right? And then they said, let's see if we can make this smaller and have the phone do what the tablet does. So then they came out with the iPhone, right? It started with a, a computer and then they made the computer smaller to a tablet and then they made the tablet to your phone. But really when you think about it, it was just one thing that they were focused on. They just created multiple ways in which you can use the one thing. So don't think you're too limited when you actually try to perfect one thing. Um, that book basically, I'm not gonna say changed my life, but it, I definitely had a paradigm shift with that. Have I focused on one thing? No, I don't know the one thing that I want to focus on. And this is what my grandma, my grandma just shook her head because I told her that she shook her head like, okay, I mean, you know, 
Like, long as you got it, if you got it, then, you know, okay. So, I mean, I do understand where my grandmother is coming from. Having put in 30-something years into one, uh, one company, put it like that, you constantly are getting raises over the course of 30 years, right? You're getting a percentage increase for 30 years. Um, you definitely have benefits for 30-something years. You've put money into your 401k for 30-something years. Um, so I definitely understand. Or pension. They had pension then. Pension's not really going to exist in, in our era. So I definitely understand where she's coming from. But at the same time, I really can't just focus on one thing. Um, another thing that is kind of the plight of millennials, uh, instant gratification. <clears throat> so we basically can pretty much get anything that we want and get it really fast. If I want, you know, Amazon to ship me something in a day, Amazon's going to ship me something in a day. I looked at it online and said I wanted it, and Amazon basically got it to me in a day. Um, we tend to lack social skills because <laughs> we, we kind of are, we're afraid of social rejection. So I dated, so I dated someone, right? We didn't get into a relationship, but I, I dated someone who, this happens very frequently. I had this conversation with a friend and I was like, this shit is weird. I dated someone who basically was trying to date me through text we never really called each other because when I, I wanted to call, I wanted to talk because texting is annoying as hell. I don't like having, having having a conversation via text. There's like no emotion. I can't get emotionally attached to text, to words, although they tended to frequently like mad. How can you get mad at you're getting mad at words like letters? You're really like characters. You're not getting mad at me. You're getting mad at characters. Like, I didn't get it. So I was, like, emotionally unattached to this person who was getting attached. And I was like, I don't get, I don't get, like, I don't, I don't even talk to you. <laughs> I don't even know you. And they were like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't understand how you say that. Like, you can't, you don't know me. We, we've been texting for, like, two weeks. A two-week text conversation and, like, um, you know, like, a two-day phone conversation, they, like, equate to the same thing to me. That's about as much information as you can get. But so many people are dating via text or via what are the what are the dating app things? Uh, uh, like the swipe left, swipe right. Yeah. Swipe left, swipe right. Tinder. Um, What's the other ones? Uh, eHarmony. Do you meet yeah. like Christian, mingle. Christian mingling? <laughs> I can't get attached to characters. Because it could be anybody on the other end. It could be absolutely anybody on the other end. And they say, like, a lot of times the photos don't match. You're getting, I don't, I don't get it. But that is a lot of what millennials are doing because icebreakers are weird. They're awkward. They are. They're awkward. And a lot of millennials don't want to go through that awkward anything. Um like social media, social media, look on social media. Everybody's happy. <laughs> Everybody's in their best moment. The light is hitting everyone at the best angles, right? 
everybody is turning up on social media, right? But when you see that, some people end up getting in competition with each other, right? I got to have a bigger turn up because you see them having a turn up on social media. But they are happy. They are unhappy. They broke as fuck, right? They just spent all that money on that turn up to Snapchat it so you can see it, right? And think that they're having a grand time, right? But normally throughout the, <laughs> throughout the week, they aren't as happy, right? So we're also competing. They say that millennials have the highest rate of depression out of all the generations. And I can totally understand that. Put it like this. We are a generation who grew up. Okay, imagine, imagine being a baby boomer, right? You're born in the 40s, 50s. Okay, born in the 40s, 50s. You're watching 40s, 50s television 50s 60s television it's like the waltons and little house on the prairie and what's the one with the whistling andy griffin Andy Griffin. you're watching shows about normal everyday life that's what you're watching leave it to beaver just normal everyday life right then you get to our generation what are we watching tv about what are we, what's on tv cribs now you're like, oh, I want that house. I want that car. Then you're watching Real Housewives of somewhere with we got millions of dollars. And then you're watching Love and Hip Hop. And ch- so now you're like, oh, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that life. If I don't have it, I'm failing. Right? That's So, of course, you think, okay, now I'm driving this used car that's nice it gets me from point a to point b but it's not what i saw on cribs so i'm not doing well that's what happens we end up comparing our lives to what we see on tv what we see in the media and now when we have something short of it we're we're not doing well i gotta have that we're not doing well right so i can see like why we get why we have higher rates of depression. We are comparing our lives to what the media, you know, what's on media, what's on media, what's on social media. We got to have bigger turnups than the person. Oh, they turn up was so big. You got to have a bigger turn up than uh, your ex, right? That you just saw on social media. They too happy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So I can totally see, why millennials would have a higher rate of depression we're just comparing ourselves to especially at a if we see someone who's young right if we see some, someone's young in the media with a bunch of things living a certain kind of life we think that we should be doing the same thing um also we 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 tend now to have um children and marry later but for some reason, we still have like those, like if I don't have kids by age 25, then it's like, what? Why, why don't you just have kids when you're ready? Why are you putting a number and an age on it? It's because we still kind of have those numbers that our parents had, but it's a different time and era. Like it's a different time and era. We're gonna live longer, we're gonna live longer. 
like our 30 to our parents 30 is not the same right if you have kids when you're 30 as a millennial it's probably going to equate to your parents 25 um biologically right biologically what else is going on with millennials let me see what else did i find reward uh, reward without accomplishment we want rewards and we want them fast without putting a whole bunch of time into it because like two years is a long time to us it came what I read like Simon Sinek he thinks that that came from our generation being the era where you the era in which you receive trophies for participation so you got rewarded without accomplishment like accomplishing much you just participated so you were getting rewarded when you didn't like excel you didn't go above and beyond right so when you get to work you think that you should get rewarded for participation. Like I did what was expected of me, right? But you have two other people who are going above and beyond, right? They're doing two times as much, right? Or they're doing what's not asked of them, right? I remember I had someone who asked me for a raise um, when I was a manager, she asked me for a raise and um, I had to ask her like real questions because if I were to propose that to my boss, they would have looked at me like, Joyce, you're supposed to be thinking like the owner of the company. Why are you coming to me with this garbage? So I had to ask her real questions like, what do you know today that you didn't know the first week that you started? Nothing. So why should you get paid more? That's a real life, like it's a real question. Why should you get paid more just because you've been there for two years? You, I can, I can end up finding someone like you're replaceable. I can end up finding someone training them and they're going to be able to do the exact same thing that you do in a week because you didn't increase your value. I mean, a lot of people and I'm saying a lot of people from having been a manager and having discussions with like middle manager and then having discussions with other managers, especially um, the VP. I had many conversations with her. Um, there are many people who put too much value on time. For example, I went and got a job. Like in real life, I went and got a job. Like I'm, I, I now work for somebody again on top of having my business. So I end up creating basically another source of revenue. They say that um, the wealthy have seven. No, I'm not there. I'm not there yet. So I end up getting a sales job. And the manager, the manager that I was learning from, so there's like an assistant manager, assistant general manager and general manager. I end up trying to pick her brain. I mean, like all of the information, she's like, I don't want to overwhelm you. And I was like, you can't overwhelm me. Like, just give me everything like now. And she was like, well, you're not going to be able to, you don't know me. Just give me everything now. Like everything, like that whole binder you got over there, just make copies of everything and give it to me. And then whatever's not in the binder, just teach it to me. Like whatever, like just teach it to me. And general manager thought it was just like hilarious. And I was like, I need to know everything you know too. So in two weeks, what, what ended up happening, my 
assistant general manager, the person who taught me, something happened with her. I don't know what happened. But she wasn't there, right? So I was basically running the, so it's the LA Fitness. So I was running the gym. I was just running it because the general manager had to go to a wedding. So I was just running, the whole, I was just running the gym, like, in two weeks. But it, it took for me to just say I needed to learn everything. I had to have crash courses. And she was, like, trying to, you know, spoon feed me. I was like, you better stop. Like, you're insulting me. Stop. Like, just give me everything. But if I hadn't done that, I would have been SOL at, like, running it on my own. I just wouldn't have known shit. And, of course, there were some things that I didn't know, but I, could, I had resources to get the right answers. I don't mind saying I don't know. I mean, I hate it. But when I don't know, I'm not about to try to make up shit. I'm just I'm like, I don't know. Give me a second. But I understand value. I understand it. You got to learn as much as possible. If you can talk to the VP. I got a middle management at the company that I used to work for. Basically because I had conversations with the VPs. One of the conversations, he was a huge Michigan State fan. I ended up talking football with him, like just talking football with him. He ended up becoming, it was like uh, his 30th birthday. And I was like, how in the fuck did you become a VP at 29? Like, what did you do? And he told me what he did. And he was like, most people don't even ask me that. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I need to know. <laughs> so he told me what he did. And then I ended up having a meeting with, I said I wanted to get in leadership. So I ended up having a meeting with two women. He was in it. And I thought the two women were like, just bump up in management. And I thought it was going to work for them. And then I, I ended up leaving the meeting. It was pretty good. I ended up leaving the meeting, looked them up, and they were VPs. I just had a meeting with three VPs. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I went back to him, and I was like, how was the meeting? He was like, it was really good. So like, how did you feel about it? I, was like, I felt great until I found out. I found out they were all VPs. And he was like, well, yeah. But they, they thought you were good. I was like, okay. So I was like, what do I need to know? <laughs> what do I need to know? Show me everything that I need to know right now. It's like, you can't possibly learn everything that you need to know right now. Well, show me the meat of it, like the bulk of it. Like I need to know right now. My value immediately increased from there because I was just like, I, I don't know shit. After the meeting, I felt like I didn't know shit when I looked them up. So I tried to learn as much as possible and understand that my value for a period of time was way higher than my paycheck. For a period of time, it was way higher than my paycheck. And that's going to happen. I had people asking me, Joyce, why are you doing so much? Did you get a raise? Not yet. No, not yet. But that's the, uh, that's the exact mentality you don't want to have. Exact mentality you don't want to have. Like, you're doing too much. Did you get a raise? Not, it's not yet. It's not like, no, I didn't get a raise and feel stupid. No, it's no, no, I didn't, not yet. Did you get a fucking raise? <laughs> those people you have to run away from. You have to run away from those people. And not necessarily run away from them. They were cool. That's, that's still keep up with many of them. But I understood value. And even if I didn't get a raise in the time that I thought I should get a raise, I would go ask for a raise. I know my value, right? And a lot of millennials, a lot of millennials, excuse me, end up valuing time, right? They put a more uh, a value, or put a percentage or a, I don't know what you want to call it, weight on time 
more than they put a weight on, uh, what do I want to call it? More than they put a weight on like knowledge, right? So I've been doing this thing for five years. Okay. What do you know now that you didn't know when you started? What do you know now that you didn't know after the first year? What do you know now that you didn't know after the second year? You know, if it's not something drastic every single year, then you were wasting that time. What the fuck were you doing with it? And I know it sounds like I'm being like, um, I don't know, mean or callous to millennials. I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial. My siblings technically are all millennials, which is why that range is weird because my my youngest sibling is 11. So that range is weird. But I would be I am as hard on them as as I would be on myself. I am like I'm I'm very hard on myself. And a lot of millennials aren't. They aren't. For some reason, we came from a generation where it was like, I'm going I'm to tell my mama on everybody. I, I didn't grow. I grew I mean, of course, I'm a millennial, but I didn't quite grow up in that kind of household. I grew up in a household where if you disrespected, if you disrespected like my grandmother, like seven hands are going up in the air. Like you're getting it from multiple people. Right. Like you, you don't disrespect. It's like, I'm going to tell my No. No, even with an aunt or an uncle, it's like, I'm going to tell my mama. They'd be like, tell her. You probably get a whooping at home too. <laughs> like, So we end up growing up with our parents handling our problems more than they should have. They shouldn't have handled so many problems. We, we didn't learn to handle adversity as much as the generations beforehand. Um. I'm not going to say that we were coddled or we are coddled, but we definitely had, and not in the score, of course, I'm speaking generally as millennials, right? Um, talk, talk to like your mother or your grandparents about how their parents spoke to them or how their parents handled situations. It's not going to be the same way many of millennials' parents handled their situations at all. Um, our parents were very much more hands-on when we had problems or the worst, let us quit things because we didn't, um, they weren't ideal for us. The best thing I can tell you that happened in my life with my, with my parents parenting, when I was seven, I wanted to quit playing basketball and I wanted to quit because I was playing with, um, I was playing at St. Cecilia. So fifth and sixth graders could be on JV and then seventh and eighth graders were on varsity, but no one younger than fifth grade played, played sports. You had to be in fifth grade. So I was seven. So I was in third grade and they were like, yeah, she can play because they saw me and I was skilled, but what wasn't held or wasn't accounted for was that I was seven playing against 10, 11, 12 year olds. So they were physically bigger than me. So even though I was more skilled than most, you can't shoot a jump shot getting bumped, right? Like, no, 
like I'm like 70 pounds and they're like 110, 20. So you're not going to be able to cross somebody up when they just run into you. Like that's not going to happen, right? You go up for a layup and you're like, oh, layup. But then they come and smack the shit out of the ball and bump your ass out of bounds, right? So I was like, I was, I was so frustrated. I just wanted to quit. And I told my parents that I wanted to quit. And both of them said no. And they didn't agree on a whole bunch, but they definitely agreed in parenting me, which was weird to me. Um, so my dad had a solution and my mother had a solution. Two different type of people. So my dad put up a backboard and a rim on our garage. So his solution was you need to practice more and you need to work out more. So push-ups, running, didn't matter the weather, just running. And I told my siblings they're spoiled as hell because they got a treadmill and they run on the in indoors. Like, no, if it was snowing, if it was raining, we were running, push-ups, things of that nature. So my dad was work out, work harder, get better, train, right? My mom took me to the playground and my mother never takes me to the playground. So she said, we're gonna play one-on-one. -on -one. And I was like, oh, guys, it's about to be a piece of cake because my mom doesn't play basketball. So, so we're playing, and my mom basically took almost every opportunity to knock me down, like knock me to the ground. So there were other people on the other end of the playground, and they were like, mom, take it easy. And she was just ignoring the hell out of them like they weren't there. And I would look at them like, <laughs> So I'm like crying. I don't want to play anymore. I'm like throwing the ball. She's like, you better go get the ball. So we continue to play. And I'm just like, ah. So after she's like, now you know I love you. Like she had to say that shit first. Because I'm like, my mama beat me up. Right? So she's like, you know I love you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. She's like, now if I see one of those girls knock you down again, we're going to come back out here. And that was my mom's solution. And you could, you could do anything to me on that court, like knock me down, run full speed into me. I don't care how many steps I had to take backward. I was not falling. Put my hand down, I was not falling. Because my parents attended all the games. They were self-employed, so they attended all games. So my mom taught me how to be tough. Because eventually it got to the point where I was just like, man, I learned to hit people before they hit me. <laughs> Dad had me training, so I was strong. Dad was like, you're just way stronger than any, like, seven-year-old that I have ever seen, right? So I would hit people before they hit me, and they knew I was strong, so they didn't play games anymore. But quitting was not an option. Even when I wanted to quit, my mom's knocking me to the ground. You better go get that ball. Like, it was, there, quitting was not an option at all, at all. And I know people who have had, like, 13 jobs that I fucking know of, and they're only, like, 35. How many jobs did you quit? Like, didn't get fired. Well, kind of almost got fired, but would quit before anything would happen. But, like, just quit and go to the next one. Quit, go to the next one. I'm like, what does your resume look like? Because quitting is always an option to many people. And it's basically because adversity, you didn't face much adversity growing up because mama and daddy handled your, you know, your, your tough moments. You know, went and cussed out the teacher because, <laughs> right? Because X, Y, and Z. Went and cussed out your, your auntie because they were about to discipline you, right? But if you talk to generations past, especially when I talk to my parents, 
everybody on the block knew each other. They knew all the kids, right? So basically you get disciplined by anybody, right? And I understand, you know, generation, especially especially now people are crazy. You don't want anybody disciplining your kids. But still, just generations before were different. Another thing, especially social media. Social media, Jesus Christ, social media. What people don't understand about social media is that those likes, so the people who created social media, understand uh, Facebook. Facebook didn't have uh, likes and not like now. Now you got like a like, a thumb up, a sad face, a happy face, people crying. It makes you feel that people like, um, gen- like you can see people's emotions. Like you're like, um, RIP to my, you know, my dog, my dog died today. And then you got other people like clicking the thing with tears. Like they feel my pain. <laughs> These people who create social media are so fucking smart. There's more than one study that shows that if you get a lot of likes, not even a lot of likes, you just start hearing a ping that someone liked something that you did. It ends up basically psychologically or mentally, your brain, it ends up releasing dopamine. And dopamine is the same uh, neurotransmitter that is released when you like do drugs like it's the feel good dopamine right or dopamine feel good hormone right so (laughs) or like um you see people texting just like if they are sitting at a desk or a table or in a restaurant and they're alone for a split second they just pull out their phone and just start texting anybody like they just need someone to connect like right then but back before before then you could just sit at a table by yourself studies have shown that the constant texting and social media has ended up becoming addicting right it's addicting where now you we we have to do it in order to have feel-good hormones. And we're, we're, we're addicted to the feel-good hormones. So to be without your phone is to be super uncomfortable, like super uncomfortable. Like you have to text somebody. And that's also instant gratification. If you didn't, if you lived like 30 years ago, where were you going to get that release of dopamine? Some people worked out. Right. Some people actually got in committed relationships. <laughs> some some people, you know, played sports. We know that kids nowadays, a lot of them stay in the house. Right. They're on the computer. Right. They're on their phones. Right. That's how they get the release. <laughs> That's how they get the release of, of dopamine today. That's how they get the feel-good hormone today. Some people eat, right? We know that obesity today is is insane, right? Millennials, I'm not going to say we're like, um, we're not hopeless at all. I just think that many of us don't quite understand what's happening to our generation. For example... Our generation is 
lazy and not lazy to the extent like you are naturally innate lazy. We're lazy because we're so dependent on technology. And and, and it's not because we just want to be dependent on technology. Everything now has technology embedded in it, whether it's work, whether it's the GPS, you know what I mean? We won't know how to spell because you spell something wrong. Google's going to ask you, did you mean this? So it's like, I don't need to fucking know how to spell. We're not... (laughs) We're not going to know how to look up something in the dictionary. You can't spell. We're not going to know um, if technology fails, how to find information. How do you find information when your computer doesn't work, your phone doesn't work? How are you going to find it? Does everybody know what a map is? I don't even know. How are you going, like if technology fails, how are people going to function? I was just talking to um, one person who, uh, where did I meet? Oh, at uh, LA Fitness, I sold her membership, but I was talking to her. Her daughter was listening to our conversation. Her daughter was hilarious. She was like 14. And her daughter was listening to her conversation. And we started talking about this. And I, we started talking about an encyclopedia. I remember I used to have to go look up information in our encyclopedia because my parents just made me. And my grandparents, too, they just made me look up anything. If I had a question, I used to hate asking questions. Like, damn, why I asked that? And she was like, what's an encyclopedia? And I was like, what? And she was like, wait, that's the thing you look up synonyms in? And I said, okay, no, that's a thesaurus. She's like, yes, that's a thesaurus. This is what the, she's not, is she a millennial? 14. She's a millennial. How is, that range is so ridiculous. But still, imagine whatever generation, they, whatever name they give them, after us, right? If technology fails, and I'm not like just saying technology fails forever, right? If technology fails, who's gonna, who's gonna, who's gonna be successful? Who's gonna be successful if technology fails? Those of us who are dependent, like heavily dependent on we're going to, we're going to, it's not going to be good. The people who are going to be okay are like the generations before us or like farmers or people who live in third world countries because, because they, oh my God, the Amish, the Amish are going to run us. Yeah. (laughs) The Amish are going to take over. That's how the Amish are going to take over. They're going to destroy technology. The Amish are taking over. Uh, it's a long game plan. Exactly. <laughs> Just give it time. It'll fail. It'll fail. It'll fail. Um, but they say that the Amish, they say that the Amish are very happy people. Like they're very happy people. And that goes into this, what I was explaining before. What are the Amish comparing their lives to? Other Amish people. <laughs> Right, other Amish people, they're not like, Oh, I gotta get that Bentley. No, they're like, Oh, this tractor's nice, but they all help each other. They all help. This is a big community, they all help each other. Like, if somebody knows how to build houses, or somebody knows how to build tractors, or somebody has these animals who are producing more eggs or whatever, they all they all help each other. It's very communal. 
but they they do have like kids who the kids at a certain age can go off into whatever they call the our world right and they can make a decision either to live the amish life or live in our world and most of them choose to go back and be amish so what 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 (laughs) we as millennials where where are we going like where are we headed like the generation after us when we have kids what are we going to instill in our kids and this is a real question like i'm very curious and i didn't look up i mean of course most of this stuff like if i really thought about it i knew but when i really started to look things up it was like man are we going in the right direction not that it's right or wrong but are we too dependent on technology are we too unfocused do we not have goals um just where are we where are we headed i think about this i I thought about where are we headed before but it was more like culturally now i'm thinking like all millennials where are we headed should we not depend or at least Mm, not depend on technology as much but how in the hell do you even do that today how do you do that no idea it's embedded in like everything that we do in everything in everything are we afraid of commitment in every sense of the word i mean not just like talking about relationships millennials get married at a later age than previous generations as well I know that millennials have the question of why in college they try to make you pick a major, you know, like what you're going to do for the rest of your life when you're like 18, 19. But I talked to other generations and they were like, "Mm, we didn't ask that too much. Like it is what it was, right? But we think about that. Like why are they trying to make us pick what we're going to do for the rest of our lives when they were 19? Or when you're junior and when you're junior, they make you do that. So are we too are we too unfocused? Are we too afraid of commitment? Are we do we expect rewards without accomplishment? Do we value we put too much value on time and not accruing knowledge? I also want to know if people think that millennials somehow lack integrity. Like millennial I'm not going to say millennials, but I find that when I'm around people, people just lie about everything. Like, what are you lying about? And it's basically because they are like trying to impress people. Right. But why? Why? Why are you lying about everything? You lie about the smallest things. Is that a millennial thing or is or is it and every everybody is like that? try to keep up with your your social media life <sighs> perception or whatever that is yeah i think i think you're right i think you're i think that's definitely part of it i think that's a part of it, yeah. I think that's a part of it. it's like uh your persona right i know a guy who's basically broke and he's broke because he's known as the jordan man he's known as the jordan guy and it started, because I've known him since I was in middle school. 
I'm not going to say we're friends, but we're associates. But I know him since we were in middle school. In seventh grade, I remember when he got his first pair of Jordans. And I was like, oh, you got them J's. It was after Christmas. We came back from Christmas. And he's like, oh, you got them J's, right? Everybody was hype about the J's. So he had to get J's on his birthday. And it was like, oh, man, you got... Then he got J's next Christmas. And then he got J's on his birthday. Then he got J's with his allowance money. And he is still known as, like, the Jordans guy. But he's broke. His social media is full of pictures of what? His fucking Jordans. Like, I got him in this color. Got him in this color. Got him in this color. Like, the box is barely touched. Like... <laughs> But you're broke, bruh. You're living in the basement, like, of your parents. Because you got to keep up with the persona. He cannot let that shit go. He can't let it go. And I think that plagues a lot of people. But, like, who is he really? He's very, he's so smart. Like, he can basically do anything that he wants to. He can be rich if he really focused on something else than Jordan's. Like, really put his focus in anything because he just absorbs information like no other but he's so engulfed in this persona that he has I think a lot of people get engulfed with the persona that they have especially with social media I have I have one friend who I just want them to delete their social media and like maybe create another one like that's more the person that she is but now she's just like, cause she has like 10,000 followers or 10 something like thousands of followers. She's stuck with that social media page and she knows who she is and she's probably gonna listen to this and cuss me out, but it's okay. So I really wanna know, I really wanna know what everyone thinks. Don't get like, no, because I'm a millennial and don't get offended by this episode if you're a millennial. Really just compare, like, people our ages to your parents and your grandparents. And ask yourself, or please try to answer the questions that I, you know, that I pose. Like, are we going in the right direction? Or are we not? Why is this relevant? Um, this is <laughs> to business or to money. Um, like I said earlier on. You know, my grandmother worked for this. My grandmother worked for the same company, thirty something years, and kept accruing money, right? Raises for thirty something years, right? Uh, money going into her retirement fund for thirty something years. I mean, if you put away ten percent or seven percent, I used to put away seven percent. If you put away 10% of your paycheck and you're getting a raise almost every year, that money, of course, is going to accrue and grow faster in your retirement account. On top of, excuse me, the money that you put away into into savings. And, you know, like I said on episodes previous, I've never known my grandmother to have any kind of financial woes ever. Even when she and my grandfather divorced she had money on, she had money that she had put on in a, a different account. <laughs> oh, my grandma's so smart. But she had it at a, like a secret account that my grandfather didn't know about. So when she, when they got a divorce, it was just like, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. And she didn't get anything from him. But she had this account that he didn't know about. So she was good. She's so smart. 
Um, so yeah, I, I really want to know what people think. Like I'm very, very, very curious. Um, but I will say do more research on it. There are many employers who try to now change their not the facade, but change their culture from corporate, right? This corporate culture to now this friendly culture, you know, this one that's going to make, you know, the corporate environment seem friendly. Um, and it's not just like, um, Dan Gilbert's companies. It's many, many, many corporate, um, many, many big corporate companies. They're all changing their culture because they understand that they do need younger people to come in. Of course, they want you to work for their company for 30, 40 years, right? Um, but they understand that we kind of want things to be different. We want to relate and um, basically connect with our employers, our bosses, right? We want it to feel personal, like you care about us. Whereas generations before they didn't give like it's like a job like we know it's a job i'm working for someone i understand they play the game right they play the game the politics right whereas millennials if we're not happy we'll quit so let me know let me know what you let me know what you guys think uh you can follow me jmass underscore oh three on most social media facebook is uh, the 1414% spelled out. Um, my email, what email am I using? I think it's uh, the 1414%podcast at gmail.com. I really want to know what people are thinking. I'm going to pose a lot of these questions on social media just to see what people think about it. This is the 14%. I want everyone to have a great week. Thank you to Mr. Terrific over there. Check out the uh, NWP podcast. Mr. Terrific, you have anything to say? Yes, sir. Uh, no, this was a, a good, I'm thinking myself about these questions. <laughs> good, like, good. What, what should I teach my kids so they'll be successful with technology failures or just you know stuff that you need to teach kids? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, also, check out my guy, name tag Alexander. Uh, we're going to sign out again with paper. Um, great artist. Great artist. Also, check out Black Beethoven. He's an awesome producer. An awesome producer. I listen to a lot of music without words. Um, so a lot of producers, a lot of DJs who create their own music. Um Black Beethoven is kind of hard to describe. He's like Dilla and Bonobo together, if you know who those people are. So check out Black Beethoven as well. Um, 14%. Everybody have an excellent week. Create some goals, right? Make some new problems for yourself. If you got the same problems, you're not changing, you're not evolving, you're not growing, right? If you got the same problems, you're not changing, you're not evolving, you're not growing. 14% have an excellent week. Thank you for listening. Make paper, homie, paper, homie, paper, homie. Make paper, baby, paper, baby. No stack paper, homie, paper, homie. No stack paper, baby. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all.
gotta build my bill foes. Gotta hustle, cause we gotta pay the bills though. Grinding for the millions, you probably kill folks. <laughs> On the real though, rap dudes rapping like they using dildos. Spitting with no skin.